as I said, we are starting a brand new teaching series called Fully Devoted. I took the vowels out because it looks cooler. Um, it's not, it's not full of, like, it is fully devoted. That's what we're looking at. And we're going to be looking at the story of David in the Bible. David um, is one of the key characters in the Bible. And David has lots of successes. He has lots of highs and he has lots of failures and lots of lows. But in, the, in Acts, in the New Testament, Hundreds of years after David has lived, the Bible says that David was a man who was fully devoted to God. And I want us to look at David and look at our own lives and go, how can we, in this day and age, learn from David and become men and women who are fully devoted to God? And we're going to look at it over the next four threads. I'm going to be speaking at all of those threads. Please don't let that put you off. Please come anyway. Um, but we are going to be exploring the life uh, story of King David. And this week, we are going to look at what it means to be fully devoted in the face of of giants, because the story that we're going to look at is the story of David and Goliath. And David and Goliath often comes up. Um, I'm a big football fan. It often comes up when um, when the FA Cup comes around. And the FA Cup is basically every uh, English team in England uh, competes in a competition, and some of the smaller teams get through. And it comes up because every now and again, a really small, insignificant team, let's say. West Brom, um, end up playing a really big, successful team like Liverpool. And what happens is every now and again, before you shout out Matty Hall, every now and again, it's that small, insignificant team like West Brom take on a giant like Liverpool Football Club and they win and knock them out. And that's what happened last season, um, even though West Brom went down in the end. Um, but David and Goliath comes up and they say it's a giant killing and it's the story of David West Brom versus Goliath. I forgot his name there for a moment. I was going to call Goliath Liverpool and then realised that was wrong. Goliath like Liverpool. Um, and that's what we're looking at. And you, he, you, we meet David. He's a young shepherd boy. He's looking after the sheep in a field. And what happens is, is that the Israelites and the Philistines are facing off against each other. And the Bible says they're on either side of a valley. So they're almost like, like the Philistines are on one hill and the Israelites are on another hill. And in the middle is this valley. And uh, what happens is occasionally they would all like have a big battle like we see on uh, TV programs, or, like we see on Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and things like that. But every now and again, they would do a battle where they, rather than hundreds and thousands of people fighting, they would each pick their best warrior and they would fight and represent each of the armies. And this is what was happening in this moment. Oh, the lights have gone off. And they're back on, beautiful. What happened in this moment is the Philistines had sent out Goliath. And Goliath was like, send me your greatest warrior from the Israelite nation. And he's fronting them, he's trash talking them. He's like, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. And the Israelites were panicking. For 40 days, Goliath called out the Israelites and nobody would step forward. And Goliath was this monster of a human being. And he's calling out the Israelites and nobody would step forward. And David is sent by his father with a packed lunch for his older brothers who were in the army. He comes down, he's, he's got his packed lunch and he overhears what's going on. And he, he then offers to fight Goliath. And we'll, we'll find out later, and you probably know the story, that, that David takes on Goliath with a sling and he, he, he kills him, he knocks him down, he cuts his head off um, and he wins the battle. And it is a classic underdog story where David beats Goliath. And, you know, I want, to, I want us to look at this story 
and um, figure out what we can learn, particularly around developing a heart that is fully devoted to God and developing a heart that is fully devoted to God in the face of giants. You see, we all face giants in our lives, probably not literal giants, although there might be some pretty big people in your school or college, but, you know, we all face giants, and particularly as teenagers, and I think there are some um, specific big giants that you guys will face. The first giant that I think you guys face is low self esteem. You know, we talk all the time in Life Central Youth about how comparison is a killer, about how we we mustn't compare ourselves to each other because when we compare, we feel like we're not good enough and our low self-esteem takes a beating. You know, we talk about social media, about not comparing our backstage with everybody's highlight reel, about not looking at somebody's social media profile and going, do you know what? I'm not as good as them. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other. And you know, David faces a giant here. He faces a giant of comparison. He faces a giant of what his brothers say to him when he gets to the front. We're going to have a look at this Bible verse. If you want to follow it, it's in 1 Samuel 17. But it says this, When Eliab, David's eldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? Who's got an older brother or sister? Put your hands. Who gets what David might be feeling right now? When Eliab goes, what are you doing here? Like my sister used to do that to me all the time. You can't come and hang around with my friends. They're my friends. What are you doing down here? Like I think there's a lot of us to get what David might feel like in this moment. And he goes on to say, and with whom did you leave those few little sheep in the wilderness? Ah, Such a big brother moment, isn't it? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Like David's older brother here is going, you don't deserve to be here. He is trying to kick him while he's down. He's trying to keep him down. He's trying to um, hurt his self-esteem. David, before he even takes on a giant, has to face a giant in his brother. And he has to face a giant of what people say about him. And, you know, words can really hurt us. And things that people have said about us, we carry in our lives. And it it all adds to that giant of low self-esteem. The other giant that I think we face as teenagers is academic pressure. Who's entered year 10 or in year 11? It is a couple of big years for you guys, isn't it? Teachers will be saying to you, it all gets serious now. These next two years determine your future. All this kind of thing. And you're thinking, I'm only, I'm only 14 or 15. I just want to go home and play Fortnite. Like, we, we get all of this pressure heaped on us. And we get told that we'll never amount to much unless we get the right grades. And all this kind of stuff. And we think, you know, some of you might... might Look at your exam results that you got in the summer and think, I didn't do well enough. And you, that feels like it adds pressure and that feels like it's a giant in itself. And you, we feel like if we don't achieve the right grades, we'll never amount to anything. And that is a giant that we need to slay. The other um, giant that I think is a huge battle, particularly for you in your generation. It wasn't such a big deal in my generation or it wasn't talked about as much, but a giant is in mental health. You know, 
our mental health is so, so challenging at the moment. Social media is the number one reason why, so, uh, why problems with mental health um, is on the rise. And I'm not saying that social media is completely bad, not at all. But some of that comparison that I talked about um, is in there. Energy drinks are a huge source of our difficulties with mental health. They increase our heart rate. They increase anxiety in us. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying thou shalt not have an energy drink. But I'm saying these energy drinks contribute to the difficulty in our mental health. You know, when we eat foods that have got chemicals and, uh, that are processed, we don't get the right vitamins, we have disturbed sleep. How many of you sleep with your phone next to your bed? There's more of you than that. You know, I, I know that there's some teenagers, I don't know whether any of you do, but there's some teenagers that sleep with their phone in their hands so that if a notification comes in, it wakes them up and they don't miss that. Instagram like or that Snapchat moment like and it and it what it leads to is disturbed sleep and when we don't get enough sleep that affects our mental health last night I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and you know I've talked and um, for those of you that have been around Life Central Youth for a little while and um, I've talked about me and Laura have uh, been leaving our phones downstairs and um, when we go to bed the phones have magically crept back into our bedroom at night. Um, and my phone was next to my bed and I was awake and I was like, I really need to get some sleep because today is a busy day and I need to make sure I get enough sleep. And I was determined not to look at my phone because I knew if I look at my phone, it will disturb my sleep and I'll be wide awake. Disturbed sleep can affect our mental health. And, you know, I think it's a huge giant for us. So many of us are crippled with anxiety, with depression, with worry. And our mental health is such a giant that we need to face. There are loads of giants. What I'd love you to do is just turn in groups, turn to the person next to you, discuss what are some giants that you face or that uh, you see your friends facing in the world today. You've got 30 seconds to discuss that. Go. Okay, I'd love to hear some of the giants that I've not mentioned that you think you guys are facing. Just shout them out for me and be nice and brave. Or if there was a leader with you, shout them out, leaders. Starting a new school, that's a big giant, yeah? Busyness. Toxic relationships, good. Expectations, yeah? Anxiety, yeah, really good. Suicide is a huge, huge giant in your genera in our generation as well. Yeah, low self-esteem. Any others? Addictions, yeah, really good, really good. There are loads of giants that we face. And the question is, how, are we f how can we be fully devoted for God in the face of all these giants? In the face of the giants that we see in our world today, how can we be men and women, boys and girls who are fully devoted for, to Jesus? And I want to suggest that there's four points that I think we can look at, that we can develop, that we can get from this story to help us become people who are fully devoted. The first point, they all begin with P. The first point is patterns. Um, and we're going to look at verse 34 um, if we can have it on the screen, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. I mean, what a man. Like, David, 
like a lion or a bear robs one of his sheep, David pegs it after it, grabs it by the hair, knocks it out and kills it. Like, what a lad. Like, I want to be like David. Um, and he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, before this battle, before this moment where he'd met Goliath, David was in the fields with his sheep and he was, he was practicing with his sling and he would, he would sit there and he'd be looking after his sheep and he, he would practice with his sling and practice and practice and practice. You know, it was said that slingers could be accurate from 50 meters to a hair's breadth, which basically means if you held a, a single piece of hair at the back of the room, David with his sling could hit it from here. That is impressive. And he, he didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, yeah, I'm really good with a sling. Like he didn't download an app and suddenly he was really good. He practiced it. He had a pattern of going through and taking on lions and bears and taking on and practicing with his sling. He had a pattern and his pattern was practice. His, his pattern was using his sling constantly so that the moment when he faced a giant, he knew exactly what to do. He was already equipped because he'd had the patterns in his life. And you know, guys, it is so important if we are going to be taking on giants that we have patterns. You know, your potential is in your patterns. The patterns that you put in place now determine the giants that you can overcome in the future. When you put good patterns in place, it equips you to face the giants. That's why we're always talking about knowing your Bible. Knowing your Bible is so, so important. If you've got a smartphone, get the YouVersion Bible app downloaded. And if you're rubbish at reading, great. It does it audio. You can press a thing and it reads it to you. If you don't like reading lots, just read the verse of the day. For goodness sake, guys, get to know your Bible. Equip yourselves with the Bible. Have the Bible part of your daily patterns so that when you face a giant, you know what the Bible says about that giant. Too often we go into battle with giants and we don't know what God's saying about it. We need to be knowing our Bible. We need to be spending time with Jesus regularly. You know, whether it's when you're on your way to school or college listening to a worship track, whether it's a certain chair or a certain place that you sit or go and spend time with God, spend regular time with God as a pattern in your life. You know, we talk so much about friends. And again, at Limitless Festival, George, Ben and Elliot did a brilliant job of talking about how their pattern as a friendship group spares them on towards Jesus and helps them face the giants that they face in their life. Like, think about who your friends are. Um, think about how regularly you are at church. We would love you to be consistent. If I could ask one thing of you this year, um, as we go into a new academic year, I would say be consistent. Be at cruise every week. Be at threads every other week. Be at church every Sunday. It's so important that you are consistent and that church is a part of your patterns because patterns determine the giants that you can overcome in your future. The next P, um, I'm going to shut up for a little bit um, and I'm going to let somebody else come and share a point with you um, because I didn't want to just spend the whole time with me talking. I wanted somebody else to come and share. So I'm going to invite the wonderful Hannah Moton to come to the stage and she is going to talk to you about the next P. Hannah. And this P is all about purpose. Purpose. You know, 
David knew who he was and he recognised how he could use the gifts God had given him when the time was right. In 1 Samuel, Samuel 17, we see that Saul offers David his armour for the battle. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. Pause there a second. David recognises how God has been equipping him for this moment and he understands that the skills he has been practising are what he must use now. He knows that the king's armour was not made for him and trusts that what God has provided him with is what he needs to be victorious. Continues, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. David's wish to confront Goliath isn't random. He knows that God is prompting him to do this and sees that this is his purpose and it's something that God has been preparing him for. He has courage and good slingshot ability, which he feels are gifts given to him by God, which will help him to defeat Goliath. But what is purpose? What is your purpose? What is my purpose? And why are we here? <laughs> purpose is what God created us with. Our purpose is to live in relationship with each other and Jesus who bonds us together. And a purpose is what every human heart craves. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, you are a child of God. We sang it earlier. And Romans 8.14 says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are his children. We're all children of God here tonight. He's the eternal creator and sustainer of all life, but he wants a relationship with every one of us. There's no better place to find our purpose than in God, who's our wonderful creator and knows everything about us. Our purpose also is to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and then to go into our hurting world to tell them that through Jesus, we have found life and life in all its fullness. This is the purpose of every single Christian, to be a shining light in the darkness. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave us the Great Commission, and that was the instruction to spread the good news around the world. So spreading the good news about Jesus is our purpose. He says in Matthew 28, verse 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are called to show people now who Jesus is by the way that we live our lives. And we can't wait till we're older. We don't have to wait. Yes, God has great plans for your life, which he is preparing you for, for the future. But don't wait and don't hold back now. Continue to trust God, refreshing your faith and asking him what he has for you each and every day. Because I think you'll never reach a point in your life where God has nothing more for you. God will always have more plans for you. We need to continue to ask him how he wants to use us and seek how we can carry out his will and trust him each and every day. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. Plans for a hope and a future. What an amazing truth. We can have a hope in the future that God is planning for us. God has given us our gifts and our passions and we can trust him to provide for us when we step out to follow his plans for our lives. When David flocked sheep, perhaps he didn't see what God was preparing him towards. That humble service built his character to prepare him towards his purpose. And when he took his brothers a packed lunch, I don't think he saw himself fighting the giant. But David trusted and obeyed God um, and that he would lead, leading to the defeat of the Philistine who had crippled all these Israelites for so many days. And you know, God's plans for David didn't stop there. We're going to learn in this series that he went on to do so many amazing things for the Lord, becoming king of Israel, and he also had a real heart for God. I think that God is always equipping us and shaping us to carry out his purposes for our lives. If we make decisions about our futures prayerfully and make a conscious effort to align ourselves with God's will, we will continue to be used in exciting ways for his kingdom and we will be living out our true purpose. And while we may not know what the future holds, we know that as the church, we also have one purpose where we unite to share Jesus' love with everyone. Let's trust God to guide us every day. Hebrews 13, 21 says, May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. And as we finish talking about purpose now, let's make this our prayer. God, will you equip me with all I need for doing your will today? Amen. So good. Do you know that was all Hannah's own content as well? I gave her a title and I gave her the Bible verse and she came up with all of that on her own. So, so good. You know, know who you were created to be. Know what our purpose is brilliant. I'm going to fly through the last two points. If the band could come back up, that would be great. The third P is perspective. You know, when confronted with giants, to be fully devoted, we have to have the right perspective. You know, the very thing that made Goliath massive was the very thing that made him weak. It says that Goliath was about nine foot tall. He was, he was the strongest warrior for the Philistines. And however, um, there's these really weird moments where it says Goliath came out with his shield bearer in front of him. Now, shield bearers were for archers. They weren't for warriors. Warriors didn't need a shield bearer. They would carry it themselves. It was only archers who would have a shield bearer. So why on earth has Goliath got a shield bearer walking out in front of him? And then David comes forward, and David's a shepherd. He would have had his shepherd's staff, one stick. And yet it says, that Goliath says, who are you that you, who are you that you come at me with sticks? Why is Goliath seeing more than one stick? You see... Experts reckon that the thing that made Goliath massive was a condition called acromegaly, and I hope I've pronounced that right. You see, it's a tumour that causes the growth hormone to be overactive, overactive, which explains why he's absolutely massive. And a side effect of that condition is vision problems. 
You see, the thing that made Goliath massive was the thing that made him weak. That he's saying to David, come up close so I can fight you, so I can deck you up close. Because he's saying that because he can't see David. He can't see him properly. And David gets this. David's got perspective on what Goliath is. And David thinks, if I stay far away from him, I can hit him with a stone and kill him. And David has the perspective on his giant to know how to defeat it. And when we face giants, we need to have the right perspective. We need to know that our God is bigger than any giant that we ever face. That our God is bigger than any circumstance that we tackle. Our God is bigger than any giant that we face in our world. And that is the perspective. You know, so often we can let our minds run away and make things bigger than they are. Like we, we worry. And worry literally means to torment your mind. And we torment our minds with worry and we lose perspective on how big the giant actually is. And you know, I'm not trying to say that the things and the troubles that you face and the circumstances you find yourself in, oh, just get over them and they'll be fine. Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying we've got to have perspective to know that our God is bigger. You know, Ben said it before, our love for God has to outweigh the fear that holds us back. It's so, so important that we have perspective. You know, the Bible says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love him. Know that in the midst of your battle with a giant, God is at work. God is doing something. Have perspective that when you're tackling a giant, God's growing your spiritual muscles. Have perspective that God can equip you. And the final P is power. It says in verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your heads. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you all, he will give all of you into our hands. You see, David knew the God that was with him. David knew the power that he had behind him. You know, the most common commandment in the Bible is do not be afraid. That's the perspective piece that we need to have. We need to know that God commands us, do not be afraid. But the most common promise in the Bible is I am with you. God promises when you're in the face of a giant, when you are tackling and battling with a big flipping massive giant, God is with you. God says, I am with you. And God gives us the power to take it on. You know, the Bible says, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. It's God's power in us that helps us be fully devoted in the face of a giant, that helps us tackle giants. And that's where I want to land. I want to give us an opportunity to be reminded or maybe to experience for the first time the power that we have behind us. Maybe you're in the midst of a battle with a giant right now. That when I've been talking about giants, you're thinking, yeah, I can think of a massive one that I've got in my life right now. And you need to know the power that you have behind you. 
So I wonder, guys, if we could stand to our feet. And I'd like everyone to close their eyes, whether you're into this or not, whether God's speaking to you or you don't feel like God's doing anything, just close your eyes for me. And here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to invite you, if you feel like you're in the midst of a battle with a giant right now, I'm going to invite you to come and stand at the front. And one of the leaders is going to come and pray for you. They're not going to do anything weird. They're just going to pray that God, by his spirit, would fill you. And that you would know God's power. That's all they're going to pray. And they're going to pray that over and over again. And we're going to let God do the work. We're not going to talk this to death. We're going to let God move. So if that's you, I'd love you to be really brave and come and step down the front and go, I'm in the midst of a battle with a giant. Well done. Guys, don't hold back. The greatest things in life are on the other side of fear. That's what Ben told us earlier. And we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and move? God, would you fill us now with the power of your spirit? God, in the face of giants, would we know your power? Jesus, would you come? We're going to keep praying. The band are going to just gently sing a little refrain over us, a little bit of a song. Keep praying, keep waiting on God. Keep receiving the power that you need to be fully devoted in the face of a giant.